Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello. It is January 8th, 2020. And um, I can say to Anne, who is here, my beloved business partner of Be Above Leadership, and this is Ursula. Happy New Year, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It feels like it feels this this year now that we're back at work, and it's just already been really full. And um, I always kind of I had a, a peaceful holiday season this year with a lot of space in it and a new kitten, and you know, just and then now I'm kind of back in it, and I feel like. Wow, it's it's only like the eighth today, but it's kind of feels like it's already been a full month. So yeah, I have, <laughs> which I don't I mind. Have, you know? Funny that you say that. I have the same thing. I was saying to somebody the other day, "What is only the eighth, or at the time it was the sixth? And I thought <laughs> it, it feels like it should be the twentieth. <laughs> I so kind of feel like today, I had. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just. I just wanted to say, uh, you know, our show today is about welcome to 2020 and really looking um, what are we predicting and uh, the science of prediction, which is very different from this old um, way of looking at the new year, at least sort of old for me, um, at making a resolution. Oh, I like the idea of prediction versus resolution. I mean, there is something kind of like, you know, pull your pants up, you know, roll your sleeves up resolution. But, uh, you know, it's interesting because what I was about to say before you actually told people what we were talking about today, which was quite smart of you, was like, I feel like I kind of was this um, horse ready to run in terms of going Mm -hmm. into 2020. And I think that kind of leads into, and we were talking a little bit beforehand about, well, other than super specifics, like what are you in general predicting for 2020? Like, like what are you predicting, Ursula? What's 2020 feeling like to you? Well, it's, it's interesting. And um, as you said, we, we uh, talked about this before the call. Um, I am looking forward to 2020. I have a very um, optimistic, light uh, view. I'm predicting that it will be a great year. Um, I'm predicting that it will be fulfilling and fun and interesting. And mm. um, yeah, so fun, so fun, fulfilling and interesting is sort of what I am predicting. Um, yeah, what are you predicting? You know, um, you're making, there's a, thing I want to bookmark, which is kind of, well, why do we predict? So we want to just let everybody know, like, hmm, I wonder why Ursula is predicting that. What is that made up of? And we're going to go there in a minute. Because I was, uh, you know, thinking as well, like, I am predicting, last year was, was, part, was fascinating and deep and rich, and parts of it were really hard. And I am really predicting that this year, 2020, it just kind of all comes together and some things that I need to have completed get completed. I am predicting that, you know, business continues to expand and, you know, that I'm just having more and more fun. So I, you know, that is my prediction as well. And this is interesting. It's not that Ursula and I just are these kind of, I think we both do have a tendency since childhood to be somewhat positive. I think that's probably true. But, yeah. you know, there's a, 
I was thinking about, well, what are the forces that shape our prediction? And according to the leading researcher in this whole area, and she is looking at the, how emotions are, a qual- there's a, a way that we are, our emotional state is because of what we're predicting. Um, and one of the things that is absolutely key is our context. And you think context, that's interesting. It is like, I feel like I should do a, a whole big like painting of context because it is everything from your personal memories to the, mm-hmm. you know, consensus reality in your culture to your family structure to, you know, it's every facet of our lives makes up our context, I think. Would you agree with that, Ursula? Yeah, I think so. It's uh, what we've lived through, you know, what we've been told, the evidence we have, certainly part of the history, both family and uh, country, uh, play a huge role in shaping uh, our viewpoint and um, and and what we are predicting. Um, I want to sort of quickly sort of insert uh, here a piece why I believe that this is so. You know, when my mom and dad were still alive, um, their predicting their prediction usually of the next year. Um, for mom, it was you know, oh, it'll be great, and for dad, it was, well, we'll have to wait and see. Um, so I grew up with this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I grew up in this mixed bag of, you know, looking at a new new year, but I think I have adopted or my my brain and my uh, mindset was more shaped by my mother, which was, you know, it'll be a good year. Um, so it's based I love in, in a big part on my, you know, on how my family saw any new year. Which then, of course, is also impacted by the culture and the history and the current reality and yep. and all of that. And each one of us processes these, these things differently. And I'm thinking about one of the things that I know makes an impact on my prediction is something that you taught me years ago. And I'm because I sort of grew up a little bit, and I think this might be cultural Midwestern United States culture. I'm not exactly sure. But it's a little bit this belief, like, if things are so good, just you wait, wait for the other shoe to drop. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, this is going really well. That means it's about to crash and burn. And one of the things that you taught me probably 15 years ago, something like that, was this idea that the better it gets, the better it gets. And, you know, those of, us, those of you who are familiar with our work, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, we're based in neuroscience as well as consciousness, and one of the things that we've dug deep, deep, deep into is neuroplasticity, how the brain wires. And I think I have told, I have reminded myself of that so many times over 15 years when I start worrying, ooh, things are going too well, it means something's about to crash, this, this little mantra, the better it gets, the better it gets. And I don't have that nervousness anymore mm-hmm. like the other shoe is about to drop. I just don't have it. It's not there. I don't know when it went away, but at some point this other idea got so big, like, yeah, it just gets better. <laughs> that it just killed yeah, the other don't... conversation. <laughs> You know, it's really um, interesting what you're saying, because this is also what um, the researcher that we are referring to, Dr. Lisa Feltman-Barrett, is 
um, um, is writing and talking about, that our predictions shape our emotion. So it's interesting what you are saying. When your prediction was, oh, the other shoe is going to drop, it created nervousness. And now that the prediction is, oh, the better it gets, the better it gets, the way you feel about the new year has also changed. Yeah, or, and even the way that I feel about any time life is going well. Mm, I don't yes. have that old feeling like when life is going well, like I think it is like Midwest Protestant. Maybe some of the rest of you, you know, you can say from your culture, but I just feel like it's this, oh, 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 don't, you know, like watch out um, mm-hmm. rather than this feeling like, life continues in an upward spiral. The other context, contextual piece I have that makes me look at the new year, you know, so the better it gets, the better it gets. The other context that I have around that is this experience in my life of continuing to grow and continuing to come to, as I grow, become more integrated, work on things, you know, discover new edges. And I've got one for this year that I'll talk about in a bit. And as I go and kind of, you know, uh, integrate the next piece, what I do discover is life does become more peaceful, easy, more joyful. So I have a prediction that I'll continue to learn this year. And as a result of my learning, um, I will be more, at, I'll be more effective in life. You know, it's interesting what you're what that you're saying this because as you're talking, I was sort of um, really feeling and checking in with my body about you know how I feel, really feel about 2020, and the the two key words that you um, mentioned was peace, peace, and at ease, and I think it really is directly related to growth and learning. I have mm-hmm. learned a much bigger space of acceptance of being at peace, how life unfolds, I worry less. So my, mm-hmm. my prediction is that that learning and that growth of my heart and soul, as well as the, the, the practical aspects of my life, will, be, will continue to be more peaceful and more at ease. Because you have evidence that as you have... Um, come to peace maybe in one area, life has gotten easier. I was thinking about a number of years ago, about five years ago, um, five or six years ago, I was a single mom. I was getting ready to send Noah to college. My business, you know, Be Above was not as robust as it is today. My personal coaching, coaching business wasn't. And I had a lot of fear around money. I think I had a lot of prediction around money that um, I think I had prediction that I wasn't good at it. And I think I also mm. had a prediction that there wasn't going to be enough and I was going to like get, like I was going to run out pretty much, you know, this year. Mm. Mm. And yeah. I did this for a couple of years. I think I just used every possible tool in the book to not make more money, although I did, I think as a result, but to find ways to continue to look at my limiting beliefs, to look at what I was saying to myself, to really unpack the fear I had around money. And, um, and even little practices like I would get a bill and I would make, this is neuroplasticity again, I would make myself say, I got a bill. Aren't I lucky I have money to pay it? 
rather than, oh, shit, mm. I got a bill, and oh, my God, right? Like, I just made myself, mm. like, find yeah. some weird blessing in it. Somehow yeah. along the way, I came to a very different emotion and prediction around money. Um, mm-hmm. But it took work, and it took neuroplasticity, and it took, you know, like one step after another. And I can't remember what my ultimate point was there, but I'm sure Ursula will find one. <laughs> That's my prediction. <laughs> That's your prediction. It's based on a lot of evidence. <laughs> um, well, no. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, the, the, point, the point of it being is that we can, I mean, there's a couple of points. Um, I think one point is, Whatever your prediction is, be it negative or positive, you can change it. You can change your prediction yes. through persistence and awareness and consciousness and honesty and looking at it and constantly checking in by saying, you know, well, what am I really predicting here and what am I focusing on? Um, because you, you know, we all can change that. And if we change it to a more, um, open-hearted, um, effective prediction, how we feel then about the situation will also change. Right. And I think what's so interesting is that I think that there are kind of two ways and probably two million more, but two of the ways that are coming up right now, you know, if we say what we're prediction, predicting is really about our context. And what is interesting is that you can look at look sort of internally or externally. So when I change my prediction about money and my prediction now about money is there will always be enough. There's more. And in in fact, and then I shifted to there's more than enough. Um, Mm. You could say, well, Anne, you have that prediction because that's the evidence that you have. Mm -hmm. But what is really honestly true and Ursula can verify me is that I changed my thought process about it first. Yes, absolutely. Before you had the evidence, in fact, you and first had the evidence to the contrary. Yep. And then it became, then it can become this really interesting, positive upward spiral where you think, yeah, I have the evidence. And that was, you know, sort of when I said, okay, I have the evidence that there's always enough. What if there was more than enough? Let me start predicting that. And I think that there's this interesting space as we think about, we were talking early on about this sort of continuum of hope to prediction to certainty. (laughs) And I think our (laughs) intentions, you know, as you know, for, for many of us, we don't do resolutions anymore. We do intentions and we talk about intentions and what are you intending? I was sort of thinking about my own intentions and saying, you know, sometimes they live in the, in the energy of hope. Sometimes they live in the energy of prediction and sometimes they live in the energy of certainty. And they are three very different energies. Is that true for you, Ursula, that they, that you can feel yours in all three areas? Well, I, 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 I mean, I know that we talked about it and, you know, I have made some notes on, uh, you know, on this whole uh, subject of intention versus prediction, but the way you've just laid that out on the table is, is really lovely. Um, and for me, it was just a you know whole bunch of strands, you know, like a wool, like a ball of wool, and it's like oh, they're all knotted together. 
But you are right. Intentions, I think, can really live in three, in the three different places of I'm hoping, I'm predicting it, and I'm certain that it will come to be. Yeah. And, of course, and, and depending how we feel about the intention, it, I think the results have an, will be different. An intention from hope well, it, will have a different result. It's like there's a, you know, and this sort of gets us into kind of the, uh, you know, very edgy science and the idea of, um, you know, kind of touching on a lot of the teaching from sort of the idea of manifestation or prosperity and maybe it's on the quantum level, who the hell knows. But I do know that when I'm hoping for something, I feel more distressed about the idea that it won't happen. And so what the people in, in certain spiritual arenas would say about that is, well, what's happening then is rather than this pure energy of, you know, this idea that the universe is a mirror for our energy. And rather, Mm -hmm. whenever I'm feeling distressed at the idea of not having something, the energy that the mirror, the universe is mirroring to me is that distress, right? Yep. 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 It's mirroring, you know, in that case, it's mirroring hoping for versus mirroring, well, here you are, and this is certain. This is a done deal. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, it's I just going. It's just is this, is the way it is. This is this is fascinating. Yeah, this is very fascinating to me, um, because I have always looked at prediction more from the place of, um, sort of, it's more like a forecast, <laughs> like a weather forecast. Yeah, you know, predicting it, predicting tomorrow, rain tomorrow. It'll be seventy. Yeah, it'll it'll be 78 degrees tomorrow. Well, that prediction, that forecast, that expectation, because I think predictions are also could also be called expectations. That really changes depending on whether I really believe it or whether I'm only going like, "Eh, well, not so sure about it. It's kind of got a percentage in there. So, you know, there's this is all kind of you know, it's all sort of fascinating and and I think rich and layered and theoretical. And I'm, you know, pondering, you know, to me, there's sort of this feeling of like, oh, how do you get from hope to certainty? Because when I have certainty, so I'll give you the example. So one of the intentions that I have for this year, it's a, it's a, it's sort of like on the psychological level. I have, has realized in 2019, one of the things I realized is that um, my boundaries, I'm not a master of boundaries. Um, and I've gotten uh-huh. much better at it, but particularly emotional boundaries. And uh-huh. particularly if it comes to my feeling like I might disappoint someone. Um, and and uh-huh. this isn't work in progress. I've been working on this for a long time. But there was this piece where something happened this year and I someone asked me for something and the answer was no. And she asked me for it three times and it took so much psychic and emotional energy to keep coming back and writing the email that was going to be both nice, but firm. And I probably, you know, had, I don't know how many different conversations about how to respond to this person. Um, And it just took so much useless, pointless energy because fundamentally, you know, she can ask as much as she wants to ask. I'm the one. It's mm-hmm. my choice to make all of this angst around, 
you know, and blame her and all of that, rather than just saying, oh, yeah, thank you for your question. No, I don't do that. No, we don't do it that way. Right? And it was, yeah. it was, you know, useless hours and stress and the physiological impact of the stress and all of that. So all of that yeah. is by way of saying that one of my intentions for this year is to say no with, with grace and ease. Mm-hmm. And have it not take the psychic energy, but just as the image I have is you just walk along the sidewalk. There's a little bump in the sidewalk and, you know, I don't trip on it. I don't fall down. I just step over it and keep going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I don't want to use my energy there. I've got more interesting things to do. So yeah. I started out with that and I sort of said, mm, that's an intention I have. Let me, let me, that's, I really want that. And I've been thinking about it for a couple of days and I shared this with a few people and it has gotten to the point where like, oh yeah, I'm going to learn mm-hmm. that this year. I am absolutely certain that I am going to learn that this year. No question that at the end of the year, if not sooner, I will be saying, I have, I really do boundaries with grace and ease. So it's come out of the hope department and has gotten into the, you know, more of the certain prediction uh, arena. I think so. Um, And I think it did start out as like, Oh my God! Wouldn't it be nice to be one of those people? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those people yeah. who just say no and they don't worry about it, and then they yeah. you know go off to dinner. Like that'd be really nice, you know. Like I want to be one of those, yeah. but it just feels so foreign. And to, and it just the more I talked about it, and I think part of what back to the context that informed this and started making it, you know, predictable, and then. It's sort of living between prediction and certainty. I'm pretty certain I'm going to get there. One of it is that I have a lot of experience that when I decide to learn a lesson and I'm public about it, I tell you about it, I tell the, now I'm telling, you know, blog talk radio about it, that when I'm really <laughs> clear, like I'm going to learn that, that I always learn it. I don't always like the way I have to learn it. And now I'm afraid yeah, like, I Oh know. my God, the universe is going to give me all of these opportunities that I have to say no to. <laughs> um, I know. I right. Know. I, you know, I was just, I was thinking that because I've said to you before, be careful what you're asking be for. Careful. Right? Be careful. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it because it'll just take so much less, so much less energy. But I think I just have a lot of experience of, coming up against a limitation in my own being, you know, some small mm. thing like that, you know, some, some like, you know, not the whole limitation of the whole, my whole being, but like saying, okay, that is a, like, that's something that's really clear. I have enough experience of that. I have enough context that I know somehow it's like all the motion of the universe helps that happen. Yeah, no, I I really agree. Um, I was sort of um, looking at, uh, you know, my own, um, you know, just like you, I always have a theme theme for the year. And uh, sort of, you know, 2019 sort of of towards the end, the last three months, I I had an intention, and this really was just a hope at the point, at that point is, uh, you know, I, I set an intention from the space of hope saying, okay, no matter what kind of emails I get, no matter what people are throwing at me, I will not get frustrated or upset. I'm going to let that slide by. 
I'm going to just let it go and surrender, knowing that everybody is doing the best they can, no matter what that sounds like, no matter what that looks like, I'm going to respond with kindness and I will feel it in my body. I will not have a physical response. So it started as that hope, but what I'm realizing is that now it's January, you know, 2020, and for me, you know, I want to continue in this on this road. But because I've already played with this for three months, months this is now more of a prediction, because I already mm-hmm. have some evidence that I can actually do this. Yeah. So just like you, I can. I've noticed that from this hopeful. Oh, I wonder if I can. I've tried it. I have the evidence that I actually can. It is now a prediction for 2020 that definitely by the end of 2020, no matter what people are throwing at me, I will just go, oh, okay, no big deal. So I think this is a really interesting segue and a really, really key part to all of this, which is that um, one of the ways that our brains wants to, you know, when we look at what we can do, we are naturally in this place where we're toggling between the past and the future. And, you know, you know, this is where mindfulness can help. It can help you be in the present, but uh, you know, to live completely in the present, maybe there's a couple of spiritual teachers who do it, but I don't, I, I just think that's just so natural to the mind. It's part of the default mode where we mentally travel in time mm-hmm. and we say yeah. we're going to, so part of this prediction is we are, predicting the future based on the past and that sometimes in some of our training and in some of like the coaching and spiritual circles gets a little bit of a bad name. Like, why are you predicting the future based on the past? And what I've sort of come to say to people is because you're a human being and that's what we do. (laughs) That's what we do. Like you have a whole system in your brain that is designed to do that. Now, but you have a choice. This is where choice, you don't have a choice. Whether or not to have your past inform your present and your future, you don't really have, you know, maybe we could evolve to just pure presence, but the past is going to inform the future. You know, sorry, I just have to step aside and say I have a joke, like even at like the meditation centers, um, you know, so imagine you're at Plum Village with Thich Nhat Hanh and you're, you know, going to go to a meditation retreat. Somebody has to figure out how much rice people are going to need. And that's going to be yeah. a prediction based on past evidence, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. No, totally. and if you just are like, I'm just going to be in the moment and let the rice show up, you're probably going to have hungry people. And if you say the last time we had 48 Germans, by the way, they ate more than the 55 Japanese people we had, or, you know, I'm sorry, that's a little cultural stereotype, but, um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or vice versa, maybe it was vice versa. So there's going to be a prediction based on evidence, but we can choose which evidence we want to empower. And so I think that's maybe we're going to go and look at something that Ursula has a prediction around that is not the prediction that she wants. Is that a good way to put it? Okay. That's a good way. So that's a good way. So this is, um, and this yeah. is a process that we do. We call it the prediction process. And it's based on the work of Dr. Lisa Feldman Barrett. And if you want to learn more, her book is fascinating and rich and was one of our big books of 2019, How Emotions Are Made. She also has some good TED Talks. If you like to learn in that way, 
just Lisa Feldman Barrett, emotions, prediction, you'll find her on, on the TED channel. So yeah. what is the thing for you, Ursula, that has you in an emotional state that's not your preference? Um, it, uh, it, it relates to be above. Um, okay. And, uh, and our courses, um, which, you know, I think are so incredible and powerful and people tell us how amazing our work is. And I find myself being somewhat frustrated that there aren't more people showing up. <laughs> Yeah, so in I some like locations, right? Yeah, in some locations. Okay. Not in all of them, but in some locations. Okay, so right now, um, the first question I have is, so right now, in the, in, you know, not in the fully actualized state around this, like when you think about this, what are some of the emotions that are present? Uh, I'm disappointed and I'm frustrated. Mm. And what's that? Do you even notice anything in your body that sort of tells you, oh, that's the emotion of disappointment or frustration? Like what happens in your yeah, body? Yeah, I feel it right, right in my throat and and chest, it, and my breathing gets shallow, and um, I can, I can really, I mean, I literally um start sort of going like gasping for air. Wow, got it. And what is the context or memory? Because it sounds like what the prediction is, is there won't be, you know, the classes will be small, right? right. Classes will be yes. smaller. That's the, that's the prediction, okay? And then yes. the emotion that is, is the frustration. Um, frustration, what was the other and word disappointment. you used? Disappointment. Disappointment and frustration. Mm-hmm. What is the context and mem- or memory that you have that has you predict this? Because it comes from somewhere. Yeah, right. Well, you know, you and I have been working, um, you know, at at Be Above, you know, for, you know, more or less um, in this scenario for almost 20 years. And um, the the context that I have is that sometimes, sometimes filling our classes has been difficult and has been a struggle. Um, and I think the other thing, actually, that I'm feeling is um, it seems like such hard work. It's like, you know, shaking the trees and having emails and conversations and more emails. You know, I, I would like there to be more ease. And the context that I have is that it's not easy, that it's hard work. Okay, so that's part of the – and what, is the, what are the memories that you have of that? Of it, you know, well, well, that is, like what are the specific, what are you basing that on? That it's hard and, you know, it's not easy and I don't feel light about this. Well, I base it on, you know, last year, the year before. I mean, that, that there's always been um, to some degree, as, as you said, in some locations, it's been more of a struggle than in others. So I have that evidence that it's not easy. Yeah, and, and if I were to get really specific, take a couple of years. Right. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. And, you know, and we could look at, oh, we could look at this time and that time, and there was this one and, you know, like that. So a, a yeah. whole data points. So how would you started sort of going here? And let me ask you this. How would you like to feel instead of feeling frustrated and disappointed mm. and like mm. it's just hard? How do you want to feel? Oh, I just want to feel like, Oh, it's 
easy. You know, we, we do our preview calls, we send out a few emails, we post, and there they come. Uh, all enrollment and assignment, it's just easy. And how do you, see, let, me, let me dig in a little more, sort of, let me set aside what would you do for a moment and just say, how do you want to feel? Lighthearted? Mm-hmm. What else? And Go to the feeling. Delighted. Yeah, delighted, lighthearted, excited, um, uh, sort of um, in, in, surprised in a good way, like going, mm. oh, you know, this, mm. this uh, sort of curious head tilt of, oh, look at that. Isn't that amazing? I want to be amazed. Mm. I want to okay. be amazed. So if this were how you were going to feel, what would you mm. need to predict about yourself? Not about anybody enrolling or not, not anything mm. out there in the world outside of you. What would you need to predict about Ursula? Yeah, that's where it gets hard. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I would want to predict that, I mean, I can do it. Mm. I mean, it's this mm. no big deal. The other thing that I think I really would love to predict is this, the theme for 2020. Well, isn't that funny that that's showing up? Um, is, is that of surrender? Tell me. Oh, it's, that was you know, one of your words like, that we talked about another yep. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, and you know, you have to be careful what you're asking for because it's really, um, you know, sort of pushing my limits a little bit of saying, well, just surrender. It's all good. It's all well. You know, you're having fun. You're working, you know, with a great person you love and you love your work and just surrender the rest. So you would need to predict that you could surrender no matter what, yes. whether things are going yep. the way you want or not. You would need yep. to predict that I, Ursula, can surrender to something yep. bigger than me. Yes. What? Absolutely. And you'd also need to predict, so surrender, but also this feeling that it's sort of interesting, sort of like, I can do this. I can shake the yep. trees. I can make this happen. I, yes. can, do, I can do this. Yeah. Huh. I know, and that's, that's actually that's sort of a, that is more of a certain prediction because I have a ton of evidence that I actually can and do and will. Um, okay, so that what, is that's my question. What is the evidence specifically do you, that you have that you can do it? Well, you know, I mean, I talk to people and they sign up. I, you know, answer emails with, you know, with kindness and curiosity. And I follow up, I follow up, I follow up. That These emails do not leave my inbox until I either have a mm. definite yes or a definite no. Um, mm. So I know mm-hmm. I can. And, you know, I, I do it well. And 90% mm. of the time I also do it you know, with delight, it doesn't bother me doing it. Ah. And what evidence do you have that you can surrender? Well, that's a harder one. Mm. I would have to look sort of outside of the business. I would have to look in other areas, which is still context, of course. Um, of course, because, you know, we're holistic beings. Yeah, it's all it's all history. It's all you know. It's all in the same bucket. I mean, I have 
it's interesting. I have surrendered a lot. Mm-hmm. My, you know, how my kids should behave, how my grandchildren should behave, how my husband should behave, which was the hardest <laughs> one. <laughs> Whether or not your dog lives. What about that one? But, yeah. Oh, well, that one. Yes. I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, the death of my mom being at peace with that. Um, you know, missing airplanes, uh, getting delayed at airports, having luggage uh, rerouted. You know, all from a place mm. of, oh, okay, well, I don't have a, I don't have a suitcase. Well, I guess it's going to show up sometime. So. Uh, my favorite surrender that I think you were so masterful at, and a few of you know this story, is the time that Ursula was training in Boston, and in between day one and day two, <laughs> they threw away everything in the room. All of the handouts, everything that she had brought, all the laminated stuff that we needed for the training, that she needed for the training, they threw the cleaning crew threw it away. And actually true that what happened, you actually, that is probably one of the best examples of you just surrendering. I couldn't believe it. You know, interesting. Yeah, uh, really interesting. And what really comes up for me is that because of that surrender, um, it all turned out okay. It wasn't my preference to have it done that way. But, um, you know, I realized that I could improvise and be creative about it. And I had people in the training room that supported me and helped me. Um, you helped me because, you know, you, you answered my frantic text messages of saying, OMG, 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 you don't have no idea what just happened. <laughs> I honestly, to our, to our listening audience, however you are, I have to say, I think actually I was more upset about it, you know, from Santa Fe than she was in Boston. I think, you know, there was this, and what is interesting you know, you, ta- you have talked a lot and have taught me a lot about this idea of closing the gap, that on the spiritual journey, it's kind of like we get there eventually. And I think this is, mm. you know, it's like for me, I get to the right communication about boundaries eventually, but I just want it to right. be easier because it takes less energy. So you are a master of surrender. You always end up at surrender. I think what I'm hearing is just a little quicker, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like that T-shirt we made many years ago. Um, you remember our just I mean, the, 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 Yeah, the I made a T-shirt that said, "It said embrace the blessing now." Blessing because now, because we figured exactly. we were all gonna yeah. we're all gonna get there. Okay, so in this place of, I want you to stand if you're not standing. Stand up. Okay, I'm standing. And yeah. get in and get first. Go into this posture of you know what I can do it. Tell me how I can do it stands. Well, I stand very upright and I have, you know, sort of my hands, um, you know, right where my waist is. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, my, my, my fists are going a little bit like, you know, like, boom, I've got this. <laughs> yes, I I can <laughs> just get this. Okay. And now let that one go and kind of maybe shift a little bit somehow and go to mm-hmm. the posture of surrender. Hmm. Well, now mm, my arms like? are a lot more. My arms are a lot more relaxed. 
um, my upper body is moving, my limbs are, you know, my legs are softer, my mm. whole body is, is swaying a little bit, and there is a softness um, mm. in my hands, my arms, and my legs, my knees. Um, and I like this movement. I am swaying a little bit like I have a big bamboo um, tree outside my window, and it's a little bit gusty today. And so the bamboo is just swaying gently in the breeze. Mm. And that is that sort of that embodiment of surrender. And if you were to bring the two together, this kind of, you know, your hands are going and you're also the bamboo, like what's that dance move? <laughs> what's the advanced class? Bring those two together. Class of the, bam- the bamboo in surrender. Um, well, I would, my, my hands would be like branches. So now my arms are mm. up, my hands are tilted a little bit, and my fingers are spread out like, you know, these little bamboo branches and you know I'm just moving in the wind right now and my my feet are now more solid because the bamboo is grounded in the earth oh and what feels like predictable from here about you you know what feels predictable from here is that I can stay in this flow of Mm. You know, it's really, this is not new to anybody, and I'm sure it's not new to our listeners either. But, you know, it's like money comes and goes. Enrollment comes yeah. and goes. Money comes and goes. You know, the bamboo is solid in the earth, but it's swaying. You know, it, you know some of the leaves are falling off, but new will grow. And I really like that perspective of saying, you know, don't be so rigid about it. It's, it you know, things come mm. and go. Mm. I really and, like that. And this, I love that too. And you started off in this frustrated and disappointed place. And so what emotions do you experience from this place of things come and go? And how is that, what emotions are you present to now about the above and enrollment? Well, the, I'm, I'm, I'm in, a, in a place of acceptance. And peace, it's, mm. you know, it's, uh, my body feels just so much more relaxed. My mm. brain feels calmer and quieter. You know, I would Beautiful. predict that from this, from this place, when I go to bed at night, I won't be ruminating in the early morning hours of 2.30 about, you know, about anything. Beautiful. Well done. Well, thank you. Well, you're so welcome. I think you kind of do that for both of us because I share, that's the problem with partners is we can pull each other out of the, you know, the well of despondency and we can also pull each other into it. (laughs) I think you work for both of us. So thank you. I feel better too. Um, I do. I feel like I had a tip while while you were doing that. So thank you. The Mm. thing I want to highlight and point out to everybody and just sort of make really uh, maybe over obvious is Ursula had a lot of evidence for, you know, this shit doesn't work and, you know, and I can't and, you know, the frustration. She had also, when we stopped to look for it, she had a ton of evidence that she can do it 
and that she can surrender. It's just, and yeah. so this idea that I said before where we say, okay, be in the present, you know, don't let the past inform your future. Well, it's going to, it's one of the systems of the brain. It's how it works. It's part of how we process and make sense of our world. And I don't know if we can ever get out of it. Maybe it would be better if we can, but to some degree, even the most experienced meditator is going to have some, it's the context of who you are, is going to have some imprint on what you predict for the future. But you can choose what context to look for and to then empower and make stronger. So back to neuroplasticity. Now, if Ursula continues to say, nope, I can surrender and I can also do this, and she's got the reminder of the somatic of her body being in that swaying bamboo but grounded place, so she's got that, she will make that into a stronger reality than the rumination and worry. Yeah. Through, pra- yeah. through practice. And, yes, absolutely. And I think from that energy, um, I think, the, again, the results will be different. And at a minimum, uh, my emotions and how I feel about life and this uh, topic, uh, that will change. And I think when we approach whatever the challenge is from this more rested, accepting, peaceful place, um, we see opportunities much clearer and better, um, and we get less we stressed do. out about stuff. Yeah, let me say two things about the brain. One is is that when we're stressed and upset and nervous and worried, we do kick up some um, chemicals that have an impact on our prefrontal cortex, norepinephrine, adrenaline, and dopamine, and then serotonin plays a role as well. And if you get out of balance through a little excess of worry, of stress or anxiety, what can start happening is that you can get a a narrower view of the world because you're literally, your prefrontal cortex is running a little too hot in terms of its chemicals, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The other thing that happens is um, something called when we set an intention and we uh, keep it in mind and we use things like vision boards and, you know, post-it notes and all of that, is it activates something called the reticular activating system. And the RES is what is the, um, it's, a fair, it's a fairly interesting, I think, kind of simple thing in neuroscience, but it basically tells you where to pay attention because you can't pay attention to everything your brain would explode. And so one of the best examples of the reticular activating system is you buy a new red, you know, uh, Range Rover. And all of a sudden you see all of these red Range Rovers, you've never even noticed them before because you never thought about Range Rovers, they had no personal significance to you. But your Uh RES is now pointing you that way. Or you learn a new word and all of a sudden, why is everyone using that word? They were using it, you just filtered it out. So when you set an intention like, okay, I am going to do boundaries with ease and grace. I'm going to, you know... I'm going to, I can do this, but I also surrender. What will happen is you'll just naturally be cued. Your RAS is going, oh, that's what she wants. Let's look for that. It's, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. like going into the store saying, looking for a black sweater. You see the, you know, you see the black sweaters because your RAS knows now, okay, boundaries, et cetera. We're cued to that. We've learned about this. That's what we could, that's what we're going to see as opportunities to do this. 
Yeah, but that is that's where the focus, uh, the attention, uh, the attention is going. Well, you know, I think yeah. uh, what I would like, uh, what I, I want to give a little bit of a homework assignment to our listeners. What do you oh, think about yes, that? Please, I think that's a great. So, idea. if you if if you are listening, um, you know, the question is, well, what are you predicting for your mm. new year? What is it based on? And mm. what what do you want to choose? You know, you have this whole kaleidoscope of evidence and context, both uh, effective and non-effective. Which one would you like to choose and then create a, a first from a hopeful, intentional place and then more into prediction and certainty? What would you like to focus on? Yeah, because what we do focus on expands. We build the neural muscle around that. And, you know, certainly you probably have wonderful examples. And, you know, I want to come back to my example that I gave it the early on that I, you know, used to have this prediction that if things were going well, something was about to get really screwed up because there's sort of like a, a saying, oh, just wait till the other shoe drops and, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that by choosing to in intentionally be aware of when I was saying that to myself and say to myself instead, the better it gets, the better it gets. That now is my orientation in life and I don't have to choose it and I don't have to spend any energy toward it. It's just honestly how I feel about life. And it moved from being something I had to make myself think to something I think automatically. And so whatever that is for you for 2020, it's, it's a beautiful uh, it's just a beautiful process of being intentional about it um, mm-hmm. that can really make that difference. So we wish you a beautiful, yeah. intentional, predict wonderful things 2020, <laughs> I guess. Yes, 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 we do. Um, and if you want to find out more about us and uh, Be Above Leadership, we have a wonderful website, um, beaboveleadership.com. Um, you can find out about our coaching training programs, and uh, we have a couple of really wonderful webinars, uh, both already on the website as well as coming up. We have a um, wonderful and very exciting uh, webinar coming up next week, um, Creating Brain-Friendly Trainings. Um, so check us out, and um, thanks, Anne, for uh, coaching me yeah, so beautifully. Me I feel so much better. <laughs> And let me say one more thing. If you're listening to us and you are a coach and you want tools that are brain-based like the one that I used with Ursula and be able to know how to do this with your clients, that's when you want to come to one of our in-person classes and um, and help Ursula create new predictions about, you know, a, a waiting list <laughs> and a luxury of enrollment. So, but seriously, that's what we do is we, we take this idea, these ideas from the brain and we make them really practical so that you can take them right to your clients. Like when you notice somebody has this negative prediction, it's not serving them. We have wonder, we have, you know, wonderful tools for that and many other things that are part of our program. So just wanted to say that. All right. Well, thank you, my dear. And we will see you next time. Thank you. Yep. Talk to you. Bye. 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 Everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.